1: Hello and welcome to this Cricket World Cup special edition of Extra Time, Radio New Zealand's web-only sports programme. I'm Alex Coogan-Reeves. In the show this week, we preview Sunday's showdown at the Melbourne Cricket Ground between the tournament hosts, New Zealand and Australia. We'll hear from both camps as they cap preparations for the match and speak to our man on the ground in Melbourne, Stephen Hewson. Then we'll speak to a couple of former New Zealand captains to get their thoughts on the historic fixture. New Zealand's road to the final has certainly been a memorable one, with their thrilling win over Australia in pool play, Martin Guptill's double century in the quarter final, and of course, this moment, called by Stephen Houston.
0: Five runs to win from two balls, four runs from two balls from a tie which would put the Black Caps through to the World Cup final. Dale Stain to Grant Elliott. Stain in, bowls to Elliott. It's over, long on, it's six runs, New Zealand win, New Zealand into the World Cup final. Grant Elliott for Dale Stade over, long on for six, and New Zealand are through to the World Cup final. Grant Elliott, Daniel and embraced Dale Stade's collapsed and a heap on the pitch, disconsolate.
1: It was a tense watch for the New Zealand captain Brendan McCullum, who swashbuckling 59 off 26 balls paved the way for the victory.
2: Yeah, I was pretty calm for most of it, and then towards the end, I guess, I started, um, you know, just well hoping. I guess um, once you're out and you've got no, no more part to play, you're just you're hoping that the boys were able to pull it through, uh, pull it off. And I um, you know, had immense faith in them, but I guess there's still always that unknown, and I think we saw from South Africa as well that they were going to keep giving all the way through to the end, so uh, it took something special from us to get across the line, and Grant was the man to do it.
1: The hero of the night, Grant Elliott, was not who most fans would have expected to take New Zealand to their first final. He hadn't played for the national side in more than a year before his recall in January. However, McCullum says he was never out of the picture for the World Cup.
2: Not sure he was a bolter. I think um, Grant's always been in the frame. Um, you know, he's, We know what he can do. I think we, we look back at the Champions Trophy semi-final, um, a few years ago against Pakistan, his his, uh, his innings there and how calm he was under pressure. We've talked a lot about um, a guy like Grant, or, or Grant in particular, is able to step up on big occasions. And on the wickets that we're playing on, was always a fair chance of being able to perform. So, you know, he's um, he was obviously spent some time out of the team, um, but I guess that by no means meant that he was out of the group altogether. And I think we've seen the way these come back. And credit to him as well; he went away to domestic cricket, put the performance on the board. Bang the door down, and then when the opportunity arose with uh, 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 the spot at number five, um, he he's grabbed it, and just when he was out there batting last night, I guess it just reminded you of why he was uh, he was a guy which he never shut the door.
1: While the semi-final win confirms this New Zealand side is the most successful at the World Cup, McCullum's not ready to compare how their legacy stacks up against the much talked about '92 team. <coughs> It'll
2: take a little while for it to sink in. Um, we're just sort of enjoying the ride at the moment, I guess. But you know, 92 was outstanding. I think a lot of the guys who are in the team now took inspiration out of the 92 side, and I think probably were impressionable at that age as well. So it meant that we, um, we obviously fell in love with cricket, and hopefully, if we fast forward 10, 15 years, what we've been able to achieve, hopefully, if that stimulates some of the younger guys around the around the country to to uh, to fall in love with the game, then, then you know you've done the right thing.
1: New Zealand's opponents in the final, Australia, had a convincing win in their semi-final in Sydney, as India fell apart after a good start to their innings. The captain, Michael Clark, expects they will have a slight advantage with the conditions in Melbourne, as opposed to their first meeting at Eden
3: Park. The fact that the conditions are different will, will certainly help us, um, and we've played a fair bit of cricket throughout the summer at the MCG as well, so uh, conditions are a lot different to what New Zealand have been playing in, um, in New Zealand. But in saying that, I think uh, we're going to have to play our best cricket, there's no doubt about it. I said that before this game, that we have to beat our best to beat very good opposition. New Zealand have been the form team of the competition, um, certainly deserve to be in the final. And um, yeah, we're going to have to, like I say, beat our best to beat them. Clark says it will be a completely different situation to the Eden Park match. I think New Zealand will take confidence that they've beaten us in the tournament. but I believe that was the turning point in this tournament for the Australian team. I think that gave us a bit of a kick up the backside. We knew, knew we got a good look at you know a very good team playing at the top of their game, um, certainly with the ball. Uh, and I think our attitude from that day has been exceptional. I think we've trained really well. We've prepared so well for every game. Um, the boys have got out of bed every single day to try and become better. Uh, and I think you've seen that in our results. So I think we've been building... Um, We've grabbed momentum, and we've tried to run with it. We've been building, we've been improving every single game, and I think that'll hold us in really good stead for Sunday. Our cricket
1: correspondent Stephen Houston has followed the Black Caps to Melbourne and will be at the MCG on Sunday night. Stephen, after six weeks, it's all come down to this, the tournament co-host battling it out for the trophy.
4: Well, I suppose the fact that the Black Caps even got there has um, surprised many, um, possibly even including myself. I thought uh, we'd get to the semifinals, and then maybe that... Depth to the final just might be one too far. But the Black Caps, they well and truly deserve to be there. They're unbeaten at the tournament, and they've had two great wins that are going to set them up very well for the pressure of that final, that one-wicket win over Australia in pool play, and also that semi-final win over South Africa, of course, when they, uh, Grant Elliott scored the, that six off the penultimate ball. The big, big question for the Black Caps now is how they cope with The cauldron that's going to be the Melbourne Cricket Ground. I mean, 90,000 fans. Of course, not all of them are going to be baying for or, for the, or cheering for, the, for Australia because there's a, a good contingent of New Zealanders that have come over. But I, I think they'll certainly be drowned out. And of course, many many of the Black Caps haven't even played at the Melbourne Cricket Ground, uh, and so that's going to be a whole new experience for them, let alone the fact that it's a cricket World Cup and the first time New Zealand have been there, whereas Australia have had several trips to a World Cup final before.
1: And I know lots has been made about the size of the ground itself and and the boundary size coming from Eden Parker, so much so that it's become a bit of a viral meme here in New Zealand. Do do you think that's a serious concern that these larger boundaries that as you say, most, most of these players haven't experienced?
4: No, I don't think it is. I think that's somewhat of a red hearing. I mean Yes, there won't be as many sixes at, at the Melbourne Cricket Ground as you might see at Eden Park. But, I mean, when you look at some of those shots, the likes of Brendan McCullum uh, and are playing, still tra- they'd still travel over the boundary here at, at the Melbourne Cricket Ground. You're also limited by the power plays. You can only have a maximum of four people out at any one time during the match and then three out during the power plays. So there's still acres and acres of space, and that's possibly what's going to happen more. You're going to see more runs actually run, And that that sort of works for the New Zealanders too, because they're a very fit and athletic outfit, as are the Australians. But I I don't think that they're going to find that uh, the boundaries are too far. I mean, we've seen the Indians hitting plenty of boundaries and sixes at the SCG, and that's no small ground either. Um, So I I, I think that Matthew Hayden sort of started this off, and I don't think it's going to be a factor for, for the New Zealanders at all. If you hit it well enough, it'll go over the boundary.
1: Do you think maybe the big factor will be how well Australia are playing? I mean they made short work of India last night who were unbeaten going into that game.
4: Yeah, I mean there, there's a, a bit of sort of psychological scarring perhaps here from India because they played Australia uh, in a tri series uh, in Australia before the World Cup got underway and they they couldn't get a win against Australia. They couldn't they, they failed to beat England as well. And I mean we we know what happened with with England's uh, World Cup, but no <laughs> Yes, yeah, so I think there's an element of that, but the Indians did well enough. They got to Australia, they looked like Australia they were going to hold Australia to 300. Then Mitchell Johnson sort of cracked it on in the last couple of overs and they got up close to 330. And even then, I would have thought that the Indian batsmen would have uh, thought that that was still a gettable target on a, what was a very good batting pitch at the the SCG. Uh, and several of their batsmen got, got, got starts, but they failed to go on. So I think they missed making the most of their opportunities. I mean, They were 76 for none after 12, 13 overs, and they were flying along with Shikata Darwin. Um, So they've only got themselves to blame, really, the Indians. That they They had a chance, and they didn't quite grab it. Of course, there was some great bowling from Mitchell Stark, who's been outstanding in this tournament, and he, I think, poses the biggest threat to the New Zealanders. I mean, if you look at the Australian batting order, yes, they've got some big hitters and dashes, but I think the New Zealanders won't fear that so much because they know that they've got a bowling plan to cope with the likes of David Warner or Stephen Smith, Michael Clark. And if they field as well as they can, the chances will come because those Australian batsmen are so free-flowing, they do give chances. So if the bowlers can, and I know Mike Hesson and Brendan McCullum keep sort of banging on about executing plans, but, but if they can, they'll, be, they'll feel comfortable enough bowling to the Australians. It's how the batsmen then cope with Mitchell Stark and Mitchell Johnson, if uh, if he gets it right on the day, because he he can play a bit hot and cold.
1: Do you think that the bowling is really what it comes down to as well? I mean, both teams we've seen have got power hitters that can go out and score a big score on their day. It, it'll be Mitchell Stark or maybe Trent Bolt, Tim Southey or Johnson, one of those guys who who has a big performance that could really uh, break the game.
4: Yeah, I, I think I think you're right that that will be. Um, a big factor. The other is just how the Black Gaps cope with that pressure. I mean, we saw what happened to South Africa and the pressure of Eden Park. Um, they're a good fielding side, South Africa, but they fell apart in that semi-final, and that, that was all about pressure. I mean, uh, A.B. de Villiers said that it was the most intimidating atmosphere that he'd played in front of, and, and that's saying quite a bit given the venues he's played in. Um, so you can imagine what that's going to be like with, with 90,000 people at the MCG. How do the New Zealand players cope with that? And with particular moments in a game, you know, we saw AB de Ville has missed that run out. Um, if he'd got that, how would that have affected the, the New Zealand game? So it will come down to, to moments like that and, and the, how the pressure affects players in, the, in that time.
1: And obviously, so much of the success New Zealand have had, not not just in the World Cup, but the last couple of years, has come down to Brennan McCullum and the way he captains the game. Uh, I'm sure we'll expect to see him captain in that same aggressive way. And, certainly not be overawed by an occasion like this or change of style at all?
4: No, there'll be no change of style. They'll keep going with what's got them this far. I mean, you've got to say Mike Hesson's the big uh, catalyst and all of that as well. As, I mean, Brendan's obviously enthused his side. He will be loving this. I mean, a- and that's what he's telling his team. Embrace this. Enjoy this moment. This is an historic moment for New Zealand cricket. Don't let fear get in the way of it. Yes, we're here for the first time, but there's no point being here and being fearful of it. Enjoy it. And after all, it is still just a game of cricket.
1: And what sort of sense have you got from the players uh, being around them sort of yesterday in the camp? seem seem fairly re- relaxed, or or
4: yeah, yeah, they are. They had yesterday off. Uh, they've got uh, they've got a trade, a couple of trainings ahead of the final, um, but they've uh, yeah they've retained that relaxed, um, I suppose, feel around the place. Uh, you know they headed out for, for golf the other day or whatever had had their own time and that's been a big part of um, the way they've handled uh, this tournament they've had days off they've got away from the tournament or the cricket itself which I think uh, has been a good move on Mike Keson's part to to keep them grounded and to just uh, not get so um, embroiled or, or caught up in it all that it's sort of consuming them every waking minute of the day you know they've, they've, they've uh, retained some perspective.
1: Yeah, and I guess it's going to be pretty easy to turn it on and uh, and, and get get yourself up for a, for a game like that, especially in that environment at the MCG.
4: Yeah, well, you know, this is what it's all you know, big moments, big games like this is what, what it's all about. If they can't uh, cope with it or handle it, then I suppose you've got to say they don't deserve to be world champions. But, uh, you know, Australia's been here, done that before, um, so it would be great for New Zealand cricket, wouldn't it? I mean, it would just be hugely important to to win, imagine that, win a Cricket World Cup, and uh, not only that, beat Australia in their own backyard.
1: Do you think there's also a sense maybe the weight of expectation will be lifted a bit now? They've already gone further than they've ever gone before. I think most New Zealanders are generally surprised and riding the wave, and they're going to go into this game, let's face it, as the underdog. Do you think now they, they can just play with freedom and enjoy it and, and the public can just enjoy it as well, regardless of the result.
4: You'd like to think so, but I mean it is a final, and there's all that pressure. I mean the last thing you want to see is, I suppose the black cats falling over. You want to see a contest. You don't want to see what happened to India the other night losing by, uh, by close to one hundred runs. You want to see the fact that it goes down to you know, the last over or so. And, and no matter how that then pans out. Uh, at least make a, a great competitive game of it so that people come away thinking, well, you know, they gave it their best, they got that close. If, if for chance it doesn't come about, or, you know, vice versa, that, you know, it comes down to a couple of, you know, final over or last couple of overs and the black caps hold it. That's, you know, I mean, that would be, uh, that's what, what you want to see is at least a contest that is befitting of a World Cup final.
1: Thanks, Stephen and you can follow Stephen's coverage on Radio New Zealand National on Sunday. While in Melbourne, Stephen caught up with the former New Zealand captain, Stephen Fleming. Fleming led New Zealand to a number of memorable ODI wins himself, and he's been impressed with the way the current side's brought it together on the big stage.
5: Yeah, it was hope and a dream, wasn't it? I think that's dream big New Zealand was the call, and um, no, I've been planning to come over for a while for a couple of other reasons, but I think secretly hoped or, or dreamed that, it would be a, a final that New Zealand would be in. So to have these few days in Melbourne and soak it up is absolute, absolute delight.
0: And what have you made of the Black Caps run? I mean, unbeaten, can they take that next step? Well, they can. Every time we've questioned it, they've just defied us. They've just been phenomenal, haven't they? And
5: I, I think that last game was one of the best one-day games you'll ever see. But to hold nerve, um, not necessarily one of the big players, but just shows that the, the quality of all parts is working well. Um, It's just phenomenal I I guess You know The the natural New Zealand way Is to be tentative And uh, A little bit pessimistic About chances But I think they've blown That out of the water That they're a good To great side Um, Even if they win Or lose this We're going to have A a great New Zealand Cricket side For the next few years I think that's something To celebrate But as a one off occasion I I think it's something Very much to look forward to How
0: much does something Like that result Over South Africa Particularly as you mentioned As as maybe it's not One of the the big guns The name players that, That got the side there in the end I think it's very important I I, I think if you ask the players they would say
5: well he is one of the big guns and that's been um, one of the the catch cries that have come out that everybody I guess as they look around the dressing room they've they've started to back um, their teammates and and 11 to 15 to 16 now one come outside the squad and I think that's the hallmark of quality of of good to great sides is that they look around and they really rate the person next to them man for man I, I just look back at the Australian side that was so good during that decade and they had Some of the world's great, five or six of the world's great Sitting in that changing room And the rest were were very, very good And this New Zealand team, I think, has that feeling They, They would have backed Grant Elliott to do it We haven't seen it enough, I have um, and just know the character of the guy. But even that innings the other day was um, was something else. It was very special.
0: How long does it take a team to get to that, that point? Because there is a very obvious, I suppose, enthusiasm and camaraderie in that, in that team, isn't there? We can artificially generate it, and that's with, um, with a, a nice touchy-feely approach. But I think performance does
5: that. Each time a, one member contributes to that group, they feel better about themselves. And the team... Um, Opens itself up. There's different layers now, and, and every time it's been different people: Southy, Bolt, Cullum um, So, sort of tatted up all the way through. They've contributed, and that's um, that's, I think, the most genuine way to create an atmosphere
0: where everyone believes, and that seems to be what they've got. What is it that's impressed you most about this team, as you look as the way they've gone through this tournament? Uh, the humble way in which they've done it. I think the way that. that
5: Brendan and that the guys that are playing the game is um, absolutely something to be proud of. In the past, I'm very guilty of this. Finding ways to compete often was uh, using verbals or using ways to try and distract the opposition, whereas this team is just so so fixed on playing good cricket and so believed that their cricket skills are good enough that they just get on with the game. And I think at a time when the game could have spiralled the other way, uh, what we saw the other day with South Africa and New Zealand was that absolute highlight of the World Cup. It went right to the wire, but the camaraderie and and spirit shown between two sides was, I don't get too
0: too dramatic about these sort of things, but I I really did sit up and take note until it was good. Come the final, Australia's the opponent. What's going to be the key to seeing them off? Well, it's dealing with the emotion of the day first. It's going to be um, so charged with the
5: MCG full of, well, it won't be full of Australians, but pretty much. And it's a bit of a cauldron. It's our first experience really as a team and, and getting to grips with the size and scale of the event and the physical nature of the ground is the first challenge. So you get heads around that uh, and then you just try and sink into the game. We, we've beaten them before. Um, pressure's on both sides. But once again, in some way, I think we can slip into the nothing to lose category we've broken history we've, we've created history this group and now we, we dream we can ice the cake whereas Australia the, the focus is uh, win or nothing I would imagine um, so we can play on that and I, I just think sink into our work we're going to be aggressive we've seen that every time we've questioned whether to be a bit more cautious probably come a bit harder so we're going to be aggressive and um and just strap it in. Brennan's talked about having the best horse, one of the best horses. Well, it's a good two-horse race today, and it'll
0: uh, depend who gets the best run. How much will that result, that one-wicket win for the Black Caps, or what effect will it had on, on Australia? Is it likely to maybe give them a, a wake-up call? Well, I think the result in, in Auckland was the wake-up call. They'd been um, sizing each other up for some
5: time, and I don't know if the respect was, was there from Australia. I think they noted that New Zealand were playing well, but in uh, typical Australian fashion they, they hadn't actually uh, afforded them any, any respect and I, I think that changed very quickly during that game I think Australia will still see that the cracks they created an opportunity to win the game when they were probably at 75% but New Zealand won it and uh, they were 75% as well Elliott and Taylor didn't feature through the middle and it's become pretty consistent strength And um, I, I just think now they're now they're in for a final and, and it's been the four best teams in the semi-final and I think New Zealand deserve to be in the final they they have been the best side if not the best side consistently throughout the tournament so it's going to be a great matchup would or have they maybe blown their cover a bit then would that that win I don't think so I I think if Australia had had been able to, to look across the ditch a bit more they would have seen this happening probably two years ago as the team was sort of putting itself together and Performances before the World Cup were impressive. They had wins away. Uh, they'd done enough to, to garner a bit more respect, but it was just that Australia were probably very focused on what they do and, and didn't give a monkeys about where we are at. And, and they could still bite them, but they're going to have to make some adjustments to the way they played in, in Auckland. And uh, New Zealand just had to get a little bit better.
1: Another former New Zealand captain, Glenn Turner, joined Morning Report live on Friday morning along with the Sydney Morning Herald journalist Chris Barrett to discuss Australia's semi-final win. Turner told Todd Nile the Australian team lifted another gear in the win in Sydney.
6: Well, I think what we saw last night um, was a performance by Australia that's uh, been better than uh, what we've seen previously from any of the teams, really. And uh, certainly if they can uh, maintain that standard, then they'll be very difficult uh, on Sunday. Chris Barrett, should uh, New Zealand fans be putting behind memories of that Eden Park pool match? Uh, is this a different Australian team? Oh, look, I think it's it's pretty much the same Australian team. I, I think uh, Glenn's very much right. They um, they've, they seem to have got their batting um, sorted out a little bit more since uh, since that match a few weeks ago. They've they've shifted the order around, and of course, Steve Smith has uh, done fantastically well at, uh, at number three with a, with a century last night. Um, Look, I think it's it's an important um, thing that they they beat the Australians. It'll be a uh, a nice psychological edge, but but as you say, it's a a fresh challenge again uh, at the World Cup final. Glenn Turner, what do you think is going to be different in Melbourne? Is the ground going to be different, the fact that it's home, will that make a difference, or can we expect to see the teams matched as they were? Yeah, well, (laughs) you're talking about um, psychology now, and I think... um, Uh, All individuals are different as to how they approach, you know, pressure and so on. As far as the size of the ground is concerned, um, I know there's been comments. I think uh, Hayden's made a few comments about the fact that sixes in Eden Park won't be sixes, if you like, at at the MCG. But having said that, a lot of the uh, sixes that were hit... Uh, went 20 or 30 rows back and would have been sixes, I think, even in Melbourne. Uh, but in a bigger ground like that, there's a lot more running between the wickets to be done and forcing for twos and threes and, and the like. Um, but obviously, you know, Australia have played there far more often. Um, it is a bigger ground than uh, most teams play on. Uh, uh, so th- they will have that advantage, whether or not crowd... And uh, the psychology of all of that, I think, is very much an individual thing. Running out of time, but a quick pick, Glenn Turner. If Australia uh, play at the top of their game, uh, I think that they would win. If they don't, um, and New Zealand play to the top of their game, they could. Chris Barrett, what do you reckon? Oh, look, I think Australia are deserved favourites, but uh, look, I've, New Zealand have had a wonderful tournament. It's a it's a it's a really fitting uh, really fitting final, and um, and they're they're a real chance.
1: That's the show for this week. Be sure to follow our coverage of Sunday's match. We'll have live scoring and updates on RadioNZ.co.nz, as well as the full analysis after the match on Radio New Zealand National. Your feedback is welcome via Twitter at RNZ Sport or send us an email sport at RadioNZ.co.nz. I'm Alex Kugan Reeves, and we'll be back with the
3: regular extra time show next week. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news: ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, where all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free, or go to amazon.com/newsadfree.